And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Our next guest and his pesky ankle led the Kansas City Chiefs to a come-from-behind victory in Super Bowl 57. He is here after going to Disneyland, as they do. Please welcome the MVP, number 15 in the flesh, Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's not that heavy, really. Uh, Guillermo, go deep. <laughs> I, I trust him. I trust him. How you doing? I'm doing good. Like, can I get you an ottoman for the ankle? Is it okay or is it all right? Oh, you saw me. I was cutting up there. I'm ready to play a game today if we need to. Are so, you? It's, it's feeling all right. <laughs> you are something else. It was almost as if, I don't know, it almost felt like if it was a movie, the ankle would have been a plot device to make... <laughs> to win more exciting. It's really crazy how that happened. Yeah, I wish they would have took the pain with it too, but uh, yeah. it was, uh, no, it was, it, we, we battled through. We had a, it was a great team win against a great team, and uh, the ankle kind of put a hiccup in the, the game plan, but we were able to get it done in the end and uh, come out Super Bowl champs. We promised you earlier in the week that we would come back again this week post parade, post some more pressers, post mini. Many beers being drank across downtown Kansas City, not just by the players and the team, uh, but really the, the city as a whole. I think at one point I just saw a sinkhole open up on Grand just so the street itself could consume some alcohol and also some confetti as the Chiefs had their parade in downtown Kansas City. We resume our parade of Times Ours here on The Athletic. Joshua Briscoe, Nate Taylor, and Seth Kaiser. Guys, I, I've got a story for you that I want to get to here in uh, in just a second because I just really think you're going to like it. Uh, but but first and foremost, how is the, uh, the remainder of Super Bowl uh, championship week, if you will? How's it been treating you, fellas? Uh, it's been it's been just just a dandy uh, for me. <laughs> um, you know, this is this is the time where um, you know we're doing. I feel like Steve Kornacki in a lot of ways. We're still allocating and still tabulating uh, confetti pieces from the actual game <laughs> uh, between me and Holly. So uh, you know, our hope is that we can uh, send the confetti to everybody sometime next week before I have to go to Indianapolis for the combine. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's been a really fun time, uh, watching everybody on the team, um, get to celebrate is always, especially it's really fascinating because there's so many new guys who are first time champions alongside, obviously the two time champions of guys mm -hmm. like Chris Jones, Frank Clark, obviously Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I guess we realized that Jalen Watson wasn't quite ready. Uh, <laughs> the first moment he wasn't ready for in his pro career yep. was the parade. Yep, yep. And if, you that, haven't, uh, uh, if you haven't seen, he ended the parade in a wheelchair. Not because he hurt himself, but because I think that's how he was going to be moved at that point in the day. Look, man, he gave it his all. Like He, he did. He left it all he, out there on the field. He left it all out there. Um but no, it was it was it was um it was it was an enjoyable watch, um 
you know, I, I, I think you, Josh, and several people um, acknowledge that there are probably more people this time mm-hmm. um, than in 2020. Um, and I think the weather was slightly better than it was in it, 2020. It definitely was. Definitely was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure uh, I get shared experience here. Yeah. But no, it was, it's, uh, it's been good. And then, you know, I know Seth wants to get to this uh, later, but just, um, I didn't have to really tweet anything yesterday, <laughs> but I was on Twitter Thursday, February 16th, <laughs> 2022, or 23, excuse me. God, I, the, the, they get you the first two months every year. I know. I was, but I was on my phone constantly uh, on February 16th, 2023, because uh, there were plenty of things for people to say in regards to this, to this you know, silly football team. Um, I just saw, sorry, on uh, Kadarius Tony's Twitter account, uh, he, uh, it's uh, Emir Smith-Marset tweeted it, that uh, a picture of Kadarius Tony walking the parade route holding a skeleton. I saw this fake skeleton as I was walking at one point. Um, the picture's hilarious, but then I also just noticed that Kadarius Tony has a new profile picture. Have you guys seen Kadarius Tony's new profile picture? Uh, no, but I can, I can get there. I'll, I'll describe it for you. It's a big Chiefs logo and then a big Super Bowl logo with the word champs underneath it. <laughs> this dude got that done before the end of parade week. Wow. <laughs> Presumably this is his arm. I would wow. have to it, would be a weird, it looks like a fresh tat and uh, Kadarius Tony adding the, to the, uh, the tattoo collection. The man's a champion. He only he got here midseason. Scored a touchdown. Corn dog, etc. Seth, one how of, you feeling? One of my favorite... Uh, <clears throat> One of my Good favorite uh, clips. <laughs> one of my favorite clips from the uh, the mic'd up segment from Super Bowl Fifty Four, which, by the way, one of the best parts about winning the Super Bowl. And man, NFL films, I have they missed in two decades. Like, I was gonna make a joke that they did for the Chiefs uh, Buccaneers Super Bowl, but that gave us Buccaneers players freaking out about how good Mahomes was while scoring nine points. Yeah, even even that, like they just they catch things like they they got the definitive view of Bradbury grabbing and pulling uh, Juju Smith Schuster's jersey at the stem of his whip route, which by the way is incredibly impactful on the route and has to be called. But let's not do this anyway. Um, one of my one of my favorite things with that I saw in '54 was Terrell Suggs talking to I think it was Derek Noddy after the game I can't remember who, and he was telling him and Suggs you know had won a Super Bowl before, and uh, it was low key great signing that year anyway yeah mm-hmm. he was sitting there t- kind of like Carlos Dunlap this year I mean that man just Brad Veach is on a heater we need to talk about that at some point. Um, He was sitting there telling him, you're a champion now. No one can take that away from you. You will always be a champion. And I like seeing Kadarius Tony embrace that and Melvin Gordon embrace that. Absolutely. Have you seen the Melvin Gordon video? Yes. That that guy is clearly hysterical, by the way. I got carried. (laughs) Like, that was (laughs) that's such a great line. And the joy with which he says it. Because like everyone's like, oh, you're like that person who, you know, didn't do any work on the the school project and still got an A plus. And I'm like, yeah, happy? Like (laughs) the 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 A plus still hits the same, my friend. Like, it's still the same thing. 
That man anyway, started this season with giving side eyes to Russell Wilson on the sideline and ended it with a cigar and a Lombardi trophy. Why would yeah, anyone be mad at him? Just crowing about getting carried. It was the funniest thing. Um, the only thing that could be funnier is if next year he comes like he comes back to the Chiefs as like RB2 or RB3 and rushes for like 800 yards. That would be hysterical. But with Tony, he he has embraced Kansas City quick. And I noticed one thing with the NFL films, the amount of positive reinforcement that like Reed went out of his way to give him. Yeah. And you can see they're like, hey, man, you're appreciated here. Yes. You can yes. see, you can see, man, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they know what they're doing. Yep. They, they, they just get people. And it, it makes me laugh. And I'm just, I'm happy for Tony. I actually, I thought he'd play a bigger role in the Super Bowl. Me too. But they clearly. And, and all he did was score an iconic touchdown and return a punt to the like <laughs> yeah. line. All he did or, was make two of the most important plays. But I or, really or, thought. I thought or his, his once, by the way, his one stat, his one snap in the first half was allowing everybody to look at him while they wow. clearly stopped looking at Travis Kelsey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, right in the a, middle of the field. Like, I really hey. like Andy Reid with that part of his game plan. That really was a, I know that you know, that we know, that you know, that we like to use Kadarius. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pretend to use him and then barely use him. I, I'm excited to see what he brings next year. My hope is maybe he... uh he he works with uh, Mahomes' guy Bobby or something on those hamstrings and knees and like, hey man, how how do I stay healthy all season? Like, because he can do some stuff. He adds a lot. But I just I I thought that whole like just you could see the guy who has not won a Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Like just this that this pure and total joy. It was it was really cool to see. I I may have mentioned this on Monday's show. I've been talking a lot and relatively tired for most of the last month so you know apologies if i'm in reruns here but the this, this also struck me during the parade as uh as people were were driving by in the buses and it was like who's on this i you know i can't i don't recognize all the people on here this is probably support staff in some form or fashion which can include the training staff which we have we have appropriately talked about in recent days and weeks uh because they've put that out there Equipment staff, who we talked about at least a little bit on Monday, and uh, Alan Wright tweeting out seven studs after the game where the Chiefs slipped less on a terrible field than the Eagles did. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's the scouting staff who helped pull this team together with this draft class that we've been talking about and will continue to go on talking about. And from all of those people to Ronald Jones and Melvin Gordon and and Kadarius Tony again, like was made a huge play. So I don't even mean to lump him into like a group of guys who didn't, you know, uh, make an impact in season or whatever. But and Nate, you can speak to this better than I can. But all of these guys are at practice in the locker rooms, in the meeting rooms, sharing their information, being prepared to be there if they need to be. Like uh, the idea that that there would be some sort of scaling of credit or whatever. Like I'm, I'm so glad that that Melvin Gordon got a ring. I'm glad that uh, Matthew Wright got a ring, and uh, Matt Amendola is getting a ring. Right? Like, yeah, those and are Rashad, all. Rashad Fenton's getting a ring. Rashad like, Fenton, uh, Chris yeah. Lamonts, Cincinnati yeah. Bengal, Chris Lamonts. Shout out to our friend Kent Swanson who pointed out he's the only Bengal with a ring this year. Hilarious. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But I love that, man. Like, that's just good team bleep. Like, it's just, that's, that's, 
That's what team means. And yeah, Patrick we're going Mahomes, to Kent's Twitter to uh, retweet that. You have to go find it. It was it was a little bit ago, but it was a great line. Um, and I would not suggest going to Kent's Twitter for any other reason. Um, in fact, I would frankly rather you just go ahead and tweet it out in quotes and then quote me. Like do like the uh, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott thing. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just I love that. Like if it, you know, if we're scaling for effort and value or whatever, yeah, Patrick Mahomes should have 50 rings. But that's not really how this works because it is a team sport and I, I think it's wonderful. So, Seth, um I'm sure now is the time where you would like everyone to um I'm sure everyone would love to hear a sophisticated rant from you about um things said prior to kickoff of the oh. 2022 season. I would love to, Nate. Thanks for asking. So one of the, it's really funny how quickly um storylines develop and end in the modern sports world. You know what I mean? Like it, it really that's something that shocked me this time is how quickly people want to start talking about other things. Now, I get why fans of other teams and people who cover other teams would want to move on to other things, because why would they want to talk about the Super Bowl? One thing I, I'm going to read. This is from from my old stomping grounds, SB Nation, the title of a a article. I, I I, I can't do this. The I, thought, title the, of I the, thought the headline <laughs> of this was hilarious. Actually. Yeah, the so headline. I'm... So actually, I mean, it's, <laughs> this is just, and this is on the main SB Nation site. And keep in mind, SB Nation is huge. The, 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 the title is, the Chiefs are also the Super Bowl champions of gaslighting. Then in all caps, nobody said the Chiefs were bad. Stop lying. Which is objectively funny. That is, that is funny. You're right, Josh. Is it accurate? Here's here's what I would say. I'm really big into um, pointing out one particular logical fallacy. Josh, which one is that? Um, well, you point out a lot of logical fallacies. <laughs> and which, also, that tattoo for Kadarius Tony is on his ribs. This thing is good huge. Lord. That was so, sorry. Anyway, you, uh, you, you don't like hypocrisy, but you really hate straw men. I really hate straw men. Man, we talk too much. I know. Um, I really hate straw men. And so here's something we've seen since the Super Bowl. Now, did the, the Chiefs have grabbed onto some things that were said before the season? As, or like especially way before the season, right? Like right after the Tyree Kill trade. And they grabbed onto it and they talked about it at the parade. They talked about, I mean, you know, rebuilding year, retooling year. I mean, Mahomes and Kelsey, they clearly, they, they grab that stuff. And, and some athletes do that. You know, they grab it onto it. It's motivation. Use whatever you can to keep an edge. I get that. Um, there's been like a big pushback against it. Like multiple people pushing back against it. And I think I know why. And I'll get to that in a minute. This idea like, well, you, you you know, well, actually, Vegas had them favored, you know, to probably win the Super Bowl. So nobody was like that. And sorry, that's exactly what you sound like. I love that character well, for you. I mean, that was yeah, like Valley Guy kind of thing. I love it. Well, let's it's keep, like Valley Guy it's, around. It's, it's Valley Guy who's a 1L in law school, who who thinks he's really intelligent by by being pedantic. And pedantic guy. I like pedantic yeah, guy. Yeah, pedantic guy. It's it, Or like someone who behaves as though because one fact is true, another fact cannot be true. And here's a, a stone cold fact. And it's been really funny how petty Chiefs fans 
are. And in this case, I love, I mean that in the highest regard. It's like how I call Patrick Mahomes petty. This is a compliment. The number of videos that people saved on their phone or their computer for months and months. Because these are videos from like last April, you know? I mean. Shortly after the Tyreek Hill trade, which was like uh, March. It's like March. You got people that saved something for almost a calendar year and then created compilations of them. Because what happened after the Tyreek Hill trade, and a lot of people are trying to kind of wash this away, there was plenty of talk. Will talking heads will say anything? So, that's a red herring. Let's not do that. Does that make our point any less true? Today is logical fallacy day on Times Hours. The reality is there were plenty of people that, and, and look, talking heads, you know, radio hosts, they're bad people. Let's be honest. <laughs> no argument here. <laughs> that's like what I say when people make lawyer jokes. I'm like, yeah, that's about right. Um, they, they, they have, it's tough to fill, you know, four hours every day. That's hard. And so you got to have stuff to talk about. Everyone wants to, you know, have different sides. Primarily what we do in sports these days when we talk about it is debate. So I get that. I understand it's all hashtag content, but then you have to understand if you're going to take a strong stance that people are going to remember it. There's a reason why old takes exposed is this or massive or freezing cold takes, whatever it's called, is oh. this massive Twitter account because mm. it's funny. And that's happened to me. You know, it, it just happens. So there were a number of people. Oh, Chiefs are going to finish fourth. Because remember, this is when the rest of the AFC West was loading up. Remember when the AFC West was the best division in football? Bar none. And it was this murderer's row. And people, when I say stuff like this, people are like, well, well no one was saying that. Dude, plenty of people were saying that. And so the Chiefs grab onto that and the video compilations, the Chiefs are going to, they're going to miss the playoffs. And everyone's like, well, not everyone was saying that. We don't need everyone to say it. All it takes is a half dozen people to say it and players are going to grab onto it. And easily a half dozen people said it. Well, well, there's only one person who's the face of this. And um, I wonder how he living right now. (laughs) Um, You know, because as Holly informed me last night, when I showed her this, uh, she just thought, well, you know, you always tell me that, you know, I can do and say whatever I want, you know? And um, she believes that Patrick said, um, hey, if you're going to send that tweet, do you need supplemental uh, photographic evidence for your tweet? Do, do you do you want do you want me to because I get it to you? <laughs> I mean, do you so want to know? Can, I can, find it. I, I can find it for you, you know. Um, it won't take me long. It's already been bookmarked on my phone. <laughs> um, this this man you're mentioning, uh-huh. Mr. Mr. Bartholomew Scott, Whew. I believe uh-huh. that after I'm, all that... Where, where Bart I, at? I, where, where's Bart? I believe that he got the final score exact for the Super Bowl, picking the Chiefs <laughs> to win it. He did about, pick we, the Chiefs. We, we, we're not talking about that, I Josh. think he got the exact final score, which is so funny to me. That is inconsequential to what we're discussing. <laughs> this man said they wouldn't make the playoffs. Oh, and, to, and to be fair, everybody else on the ESPN sets were like, I mean, I see what you're getting at, but that is a bridge way too far, my man. Yeah. Like, Rob, the, the, the clip of him with Robert Griffin III involves um, – I think it's just 
it's extra tasty um, from a producer, like how TV is produced, how TV is constructed and, you know, sort of discussed and then put on air. Um, masterclass by both Bart Scott and Robert Griffin III. He's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, like, easy, man. Easy. And that's, and look, it, it really, Bart Scott became kind of the face of it, but it's not like you you have people, like, I've, I've watched plenty of video compilations this week, because again, hats off to you, Chiefs Kingdom, for being insanely petty. But it's like, well, yeah, them, them missing the playoffs, it's, it's on the table. And the response, well, on the table. It's absolutely on the table. It's a centerpiece of the table. And I get it. You're having fun. You're making content. You're saying things that are dumb. That happens. But then there are, you know, it's like that old tweet, you know, like, my, 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 if it isn't the consequences of my actions. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that happens. I mean, I have have said plenty of stupid things. And then people remind me. And I go, oh, that was stupid. See how easy that is? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I was wrong about that. Wow, look how hard that was. Just to, wow, look how wrong I was. I mean, you had people tweeting, and, and this this particular individual, I'm not going to name because I think some of this is just a cry for attention. But, I mean, you got people that, that cover other teams that were tweeting out last February. If you want to know what's going to separate Joe Burrow from Patrick Mahomes, IQ, but y'all aren't ready for that conversation yet. Why did Dan Orlovsky say that? <laughs> oh, stop it. That was not Dan Orlovsky. I, I am here to defend my, my, my brother in Christ's honor with regards to that particular thing. You know, me and Dan, we're good. Although he did say some things where I'm like, Dan, I don't know about that, buddy. Like, you know, the whole quarterbacking thing. And I did actually title an article with a really petty title. You know, it's like, wow, one might call what Patrick Mahomes did in the AFC Championship quarterbacking. I think I said something like that. But, like, this is... People were saying this, and this is the message I would send to Chiefs fans. Do not let yourself be gaslit. Don't let people move the goalposts. Don't, when you say, oh, yeah, people didn't believe in them. When they say, well, plenty of people did. Yeah, but some didn't, and boy, were they wrong. And that's what the players grabbed onto, is that the discourse, and there's a lesson to be learned here. Rather than just pretending it didn't happen, maybe we could all use it to learn and grow a little bit and not overreact before the full picture is painted. Now, will that make for as fun of, you know, talking head shows where it's like, I think we need to wait and see. Well, that's boring, but you got to figure it out. There's plenty of other things to say and do to do this job without being the first one to fly as far as you can to double and triple down on whatever the talk of the day is. And this has been my advice to sports media everywhere. I think that's reasonable. I think it's reasonable for people to say, hey, no one was calling the Chiefs the Houston Texans entering this season because that wasn't happening. The Lions didn't just win the Super Bowl, but also it is genuinely the the most the, the lowest expectations that have been set on a Chiefs team since they won the Super Bowl. This of these last three years, this was the time run it back was like, oh, yeah, here they go. And then last year was OK, retooled. You know, they could clearly be a favorite again. The narrative of this offseason was they don't have Tyreek Hill. We don't know how that's going to look. And the AFC West has gotten so good that, you know, there's, there's going to be at, at minimum, even people who had the Chiefs winning the division and go back and look at the odds if you want from the preseason for the AFC West and look at how neck and neck it was for a division that, spoiler alert, did not end up ending neck and neck. Uh, this this really was the outlier year for, for the Mahomes Chiefs, again, in terms of 
the division in terms of, oh, yeah, the AFC West is going to eat itself alive and the Bills will be the one seed and all of that. Like, this also was supposed to be the year where things aligned for the Bills. In some ways, it was supposed to be the year things aligned for the Chargers. Like, I I don't care for nobody believed in us talk, generally speaking. It just doesn't do much for me. Uh, it doesn't do much for me when Georgia does it. It didn't do much for me when TCU was doing it, you know, on their way to the to the championship game. Um, <laughs> and nobody no, did believe in them, but there no, was a reason. Nobody, I mean, I don't know what the Eagles' uh, preseason, like, over-under was for win totals, but a lot less people believed in the Eagles than the Chiefs. The, the conversation for them this <gasps> year was find out if you have a quarterback or not. And uh, if you don't use all these new shiny draft picks, you'll get your real quarterback. And then Jalen Hurts ended up being a, you know, a, a Greek god over the course of this season and was spectacular on the Super Bowl. Like, I, it wasn't Bill's Packers, which would have also, I guess, been wild. But like, I, <laughs> it, it is, it was a, it was a doubting of, of Patrick Mahomes that he had not yet seen, which can definitely reverberate throughout the Chiefs. They can definitely claim that there were people who did not believe in them. And then obviously they're going to take that and focus on that and not the people who did have them, you know winning the division comfortably or whatever. But, like, I just, I think it's all right, everybody. I think everybody's okay. Just don't, you don't have to be gaslit into thinking that there, there was, this was all gaslighting. This isn't a conversation with Seth Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> you miss anything, Nate? No, no, I, I think, uh, I think it was, um, I think it was really, it was just, this is why sports is, is great. Um, it's supposed to be fun. There's supposed to be some back and forth, uh, you know, whether you're at the barbershop, obviously the bar, um, you know, if you're just uh, obviously casually amongst, I don't know, half a million people or however many people were at uh, the parade. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just again, it's just incredible to me that there are, you know, two arguments being had at the same time um, and the team really does get to have the microphone and say like (laughs) y'all thought we weren't winning the super bowl and we won like that is the beauty of sports like when you win you get to have the ability to tell everybody to shut up and listen to me for a few minutes um and (laughs) he's so you're saying they're adam sandler from the wedding singer Pretty much, I yeah. have a microphone. And, and you, you don't. don't. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't. You have to listen to me. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, there's other channels that you can easily pick from. But <laughs> somehow you're here listening to me talk about me winning. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, I'm going to save my parade story for, for the end of the show just as so we can make sure we talk about the football things we wanted to talk about today. Mm. Um, so I will, I'll tease that for the back half uh, because there's a little bit of, of pending news. There's a couple of sort of odd super, uh, parade things we'll see if we get to. Um, and I want to talk about the offensive line, but, but real quick, this was, we're doing a Friday morning podcast here and the way things are trending, this, this story may have a conclusion by the time most people are listening to this show. Um, but, but to dip into the, uh, the coordinator carousel here, Nate, Albert Breer tweeted about an hour uh, before we were recording this, um, chiefs offensive coordinator will be back in Ashburn to continue talks with commanders coach Ron Rivera today. That was all going on yesterday as well. Sources mm-hmm. say they'll cover staffing and contract this AM. If things go well, Washington could have its OC by the end of the day. Rivera and Andy uh, Reid have uh, been in do, touch too. Do you, do you <laughs> what was the key word in that sentence, uh, Josh? Um, could. Yup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, this is a formality. Um, one thing I can say in the locker room that I don't think will be um, less relevant by the time um, either the word in that sentence changes or obviously uh, whenever you listen to this, um, it was imperative on everyone, particularly the guys on offense, to try to spend as much time as they could with Eric Bidemi in the locker room while winning the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that is everybody acknowledging that 
they obviously love and adore um, Eric and also recognize that that was probably the last game he was going to coach as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, everybody knows he was on a one-year deal. Um, whether it's fair or not, um, and we can discuss that obviously, you know, months from now, weeks from now, I don't think anything's going to change. Uh, whether it's fair or not, this is the reality of the situation. Um, he's <coughs> going to be coaching another team on offense as like the sole, you know, play caller, the sole, you know, focal point of how the offense is conducted and operated. Um, but yeah, I mean, whether it's, you know, obviously Patrick, you know, spending a lot of time with him, whether it's um, guys like Trey Smith and, and Creed Humphrey that were obviously really appreciative of what he has done um, for the offense over two years. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, I know some people have sort of, you know, said that, uh, I remember when I was talking with BJ, he acknowledged that, like, hey, you know, um, that hug looks a little different at the end mm-hmm. of the game if you go back and watch it. Because they had, you know, as we've discussed before, they had um, the bless, the best play calling half in the second half of the Super Bowl that you could ever ask for yep. for both of them um, in terms of collaboration, what teamwork looks like, um, saying yes to this, but let's get to that a little bit later because I want to do this right now. And them sort of going back and forth and obviously having a discussion with with Patrick and, and Nagy's obviously involved as well. But um, but, yeah, I mean, this is. This is the reality. Um, I saw him obviously in the locker room Sunday, and he did his best to be like, "I know, I know, I know." Can y'all just let me enjoy this real quick? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, I, that's fine, but you know, you don't have to. You don't have to say it." But uh, everybody, everybody in the room kind of knew. Um, so uh, I don't think I'm talking out of uh out of line here that's saying that you know unless something really really unforeseen happens he's going to be the washington commanders um coordinator and then the expectation is that matt Nagy will replace him as office coordinator for the kansas city chiefs unless there's a candidate that comes in and just obviously um yeah, i don't even know what the phrase would be obviously it just overwhelms them with um an impressive with an impressive um interview but you know, this was this was the case for much of the year, um, and I think I think I think all four guys deserve credit to some degree. Um, obviously, Andy, Matt Nagy um, wanting to go into a lesser role, but obviously working with Patrick, and then Enemy, um, you know, getting them to play really well um, throughout the course of the season. You know, one stat that. I saw again yesterday and I was like, I knew that, but I should have like thought about it more. Is that like the chiefs only lost uh, by a combined 10 points this entire previous season. Um, Three to the bills, three to the Colts, four to the, or excuse me. um, It's four to the bills. I believe. Right. I got to look this up. Anyway, they only lost by 10 points. Um, That's crazy. Oh, three three to the Colts, four to the bills. three to the Yeah. Yeah. And three to the Bengals. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's uh it's um it's it's been a it's been a wildly impressive season. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think one of my favorite parts of the NFL films from last Sunday's game is, you know, hey, they come out of the half. As I said earlier, 
Eric and Andy actually agree that hey, maybe maybe this maybe this comeback should start with us running the ball and like setting the tempo from the offensive line, um, not getting into like you know third and eights basically. Uh, they go right down the field, of course. Pacheco scores a touchdown. Um, Eric says, "Hey, hey, let's let's breathe, let's re- let's relax because we're gonna have to do it again <laughs> because obviously he's a former player." Um, and Isaiah Pacheco can't relax. No, man. No, no, no relax. Impossible. Does not no a parade, not on a field, not no. anywhere. I so that, I would that's love how to see hard. that dude work a regular job, just on a side note. Like, can you imagine, <laughs> like, you are a truck unloader at FedEx, and you're just unloading that truck, and he comes in, he's like, hey, why don't you help the other dudes on the line? I'm going to do this myself. And you're like, you can't do that. And 10 minutes later, the truck's unloaded. Like, I, will, I picture him, like, I don't know, digging a ditch. And like, okay, I need you. Like a cartoon character. Like, yeah, it, like yeah. it's just, yeah. it's physically, it's just chunka, 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 just with one shovel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Flinging dirt like a mile behind him into a perfect pile. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> like how, like, man, that was a that was a three-day job for a crew of six. Like, like this man could maybe make more money doing things other than playing football. The way that he gets after it, it's it blows my mind. Like, I was at the parade. I don't think he stopped dancing once. Like... It's just so funny, but anyway, I'm sorry, Nate. I no, no, no. It, but the the beautiful part is that the coach, like again, this is a coach trying to do a sound thing. Hey, get off your feet, take a deep breath. We got to do it again in a few minutes. The, the player being so hyped that the coach is like, "All right, man, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just coach the player. All right, let, well, hey, next drive." <laughs> <laughs> where the hey you know the coach has to meet the player uh at a certain point too where the player obviously needs to beat the coach and then of course uh they go right down the field again and score another touchdown <laughs> so again it's like hey i played in a super bowl i'm trying to get this young guy to understand that like it's a long game y'all this is the longest game of the year oh he's just gonna stay crunk all right well then we're gonna turn up then <laughs> let's turn up all right well then, yeah let me actually let me get in the offensive line's face too all right here we go do on the next drive so like the 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 ability for i think the enemy to um be flexible um, while also getting guys to realize uh, the moment and trying to achieve it. And again, like we talked about, you know, with the protection plan, with the very, you know, the various running, you know, running plays that they had that they hadn't really shown on tape or were obviously variations or, or sort of new wrinkles of it all. Um, that comes that comes down to coaching. So they uh, they they really kind of gave a coronation to Eric Bieniemy while also celebrating a championship. And that is something that you rarely see. So let me ask you this then, Nate. And I, like, there's a, there's a couple obvious answers to this question, I think, but I'm genuinely trying to get like what you think the biggest one is, which is if Bieniemy does end up taking this Washington job, I think the implied answer here is because he thinks it's the right step to get him closer to being a head coach. Uh-huh. But, but why, why take this Washington job instead of continuing in Kansas city? If his end goal is to be an NFL head coach. Um, it has been conveyed to him. I, I'll, I'll I'll split it up in like three things. In a five year run, he has nothing else to prove. Mm-hmm. In a five year run, they've gone to obviously the AFC Championship game every year. They've been to three Super Bowls. They've won two of them. That's his resume. Um, and coming back doesn't it will not serve him 
um, towards his ultimate goal of being a head coach. The second thing is, what is is Ron Rivera known for offense? No, no. This is this, this is an interesting element of it to me. Yep. That so that that's so, a that's a really good point on the type of head coach he's going to. Yes. So he will get full responsibility or full authority. I guess is the probably the better word to call plays, to set up the scheme, to obviously get um you know a real understanding of what he you know it's going to be a mixture of things in my opinion as to like how the scheme will look now who the quarterback is i don't know y'all but Mm -hmm. if he gets real improvement and i thought and this is like by the way this is a quick side note i don't know what the cardinals are doing i have no idea. And maybe somebody can clip this. I have no idea what the Cardinals are doing. Because it seemed like at one point um, they were never going to get Sean Payton. So, cool. Even though, obviously, he fits a sort of type given their quarterback situation. Then they got Mike Kafka in the building. And I thought they were lusting for Mike Kafka. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then they got a defensive coach. What? <laughs> what? I'm not saying the defensive coaches. But, I, like, I think Gannon is fairly, really, like, really smart. But it's just how they got to their process. Like, I don't know what the Cardinals are doing. But again, you can, you can watch Hard Knocks for nine weeks and be like, I don't know what the Cardinals, I don't know what the Cardinals <laughs> are doing. Yeah, that's, that's their brand now. You can have a great deal more information. Can I just, and maybe this is a bit of a, a peace offering to Bengals fans. Can I just. Oh, they should have hired Lou Anarumo too. Yeah. I mean, you got I, no defensive. I mean, come on. He he got. Now, now were, were the Bengals as good a defense all year as the Eagles were? No. Year? But they played no. a much tougher schedule. Correct. And 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 this isn't a pot shot at the Eagles raw or the Eagles at the Bengals roster. I, they got some guys on that defense I really like. But no one's arguing that the Eagles don't have more talent on defense. And I don't understand. How you watch what what Big Lou, and I like calling him Big Lou, so he will forever be Big Lou for me. Big Lou! Um, I don't understand how you watch, and yeah, Mahomes' ankle was bothering him more, but what he did with Mahomes and, and Josh Allen, I mean, did, did they watch the playoffs? Like... And again, three games, is that, you know, dispositive? No, but the ability to individually game plan for specific players matters. Mm-hmm. And I understand that, that, like, like Big Lou is one of, like, the only defensive coordinators that I can say every time they've played, he has either had the better of or gone shot for shot with Andy Reid. Do you know how short that list is? Like, that, there's, like, what, Belichick, who, by the way, Andy's gotten him a few times. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's just not a lot of DCs out there that could say that. I mean, give the guy a shot. So, Bengals fans, you're probably very relieved. Frankly, I'm a little annoyed. Like, get that man out of the AFC. Like, I'm tired of seeing that dude. But that's my peace offering to Bengals fans. They have every right to be offended for Big Lou's sake because if you're going to hire a defensive coordinator, I don't understand how it's the guy that, and, and I understand one game isn't dispositive. But Gannon got taken apart in the Super Bowl. That's that's less than ideal, at least. I know one game is not dispositive, but whatever. Anyway, sorry. I, I yeah. know we're here to talk about Bengals and, and Cardinals hires. <laughs> well, I the, the the reason that I asked you that that question so specifically, Nate, is because I kind of thought that would be more or less the answer. And the the part of it that really bothers me now, and and this is when like. Like when stuff from from Eric Bieniemy's past shows up in Twitter mm-hmm. conversations about it, which is like, hey, a valid thing that 
he he should have to answer questions for, right? Um, or you know, oh, is he just is he a good is he a good leader and things like that? That really bothers me because he's not going to get any better at twenty evaluating things from twenty five years ago or whatever. I don't know if that's the exact time it feels about right twenty maybe whatever. Um, that's not going to unhappen in Washington, and he's not suddenly going to figure out how to coach football players in Washington. To the answer to, to the response to to your answer, Nate, he has nothing else to possibly prove here, right? Which does not usually lead you to coordinating for Sam Howell or whatever rookie shows up well, there. I don't. I don't Doug think Peterson, it'll be Sam Howell. <laughs> Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy proved so much less yep. and got so much more from their time with Andy Reid. Being touched by Andy Reid was a blessing to launch them into their head coaching jobs with having, in, in comparison, minor success compared to what the Chiefs offense has been since Mahomes got here. And maybe maybe it's part Reid, part Mahomes also now. It's like, well, I, I could coordinate for Patrick well, Mahomes. But ask well, Patrick that, Mahomes that, what he thinks that, about Eric Bieniemy. Right. And, and so that's that's always been the, that's always been the uncomfortable um reality of this and I'll, I'll give credit to to nick jacobs um from the the fourth and one podcast and obviously from channel 41 but like he sort of labeled it and i, I tend to agree he sort of labeled it as like the andy Reid patrick mahomes tax which is yeah. owners can't see they can't inv- they can't innovatively see for themselves the future because they're looking at what they're looking at right now which is Yes, the greatest quarterback on earth, but also, you know, the, you can you can coach the player to get better. Cliff like, Kingsbury had Patrick Mahomes, didn't accomplish very much with him by comparison, and got a head coaching job in the NFL for that. And, um, and that was his springboard. Also, his springboard also was Mahomes. Noting that that Mike Kafka was yes. the quarterbacks coach. Yes. For Mahomes mm-hmm. and with Andy Reid, and he got hired as an offensive coordinator. Like, so he got the bump, even yep. though there still would be, in theory, the tax. Now, I'm not saying Mike Kafka didn't deserve that, by the way. He and Mike looks, Kafka goes his ass off this past he week. Did. This past he year. looks he looks real good at his job. Like that dude, he's gonna get a head coaching job probably next year, barring the floor falling out. In New given York. given that most assistants are on two-year deals, yep. probably. Yes. And, and so, and honestly, I think uh, my understanding based on like the chiefs were like, dang it, we lost Kafka. Like they were bummed. Like, but you, that tax doesn't always exist. And this is what I tell people. I know we've talked about this before in previous hiring cycles. And I've always tried to frame it because there, there's a lot, there's a lot of people that don't really want to hear it. And I, I, once you separate all the, the, the non-obvious, there's one obvious thing there. And it, it's not like Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I think Josh, you said it really well. That yeah, he he should have to answer questions about stuff that happened 10, 20 years ago. However long ago it was, you still have to answer those questions. Uh, you know, even you know the, the the phrase my dad would use is even forgiven sin has consequences, right? Like you you need to answer. Okay, what's different now? What's changed now? Except I get that, but it's not like he's the only you know in the NFL, the only assistant coach with some with some stuff. But, the, but, but, my, but my point, even beyond that, and that's all true, but beyond that, that's not going to get better by leaving the Chiefs and going to Washington. 100%. Or, like, or people who have said, oh, he just doesn't interview well. He's not going to start interviewing better because now he's coaching a worse offense. Like, 
that's just that that is ridiculous. Right. And, and this came up in the athletic football show that that Matt LaFleur could be an example you could look at here of mm-hmm. he was the OC for Sean McVay's Rams for one year. And even though that, you know, touching the hem of Sean McVay's jacket gets you a head coaching job, <laughs> um, then he went and was the OC in Tennessee for one season and did it under a defensive head coach and then got the the Packers job the next year. Sure. But. But Eric Bieniemy has also accomplished more for so much longer than Matt Lafleur did. Like, I it is it is just a. There's also a uh, a great series that just started on the Athletic Football Show feed uh, called Between the Lines, yep. going through the history of race and football. The yep. first episode was a absolute heat the whole way through. I would could not recommend it highly enough. There were things in the first 15 minutes I don't think I knew, um, and then the unpacking everything after that. It's it's tremendous. But they, they mentioned. Uh, research into into black head coaches showing a uh, a higher performance while being mm-hmm. less uh, being hired less. And mm-hmm. what one of the researchers they had on uh, was was saying about it was look this there's no reason for that right like there's there is no baseline reason that black head coaches would be better at coaching football. What that what that reflects is that you have to be better at your job to get the opportunity. And you have to continue to perform at a higher level to even keep that job when you have it. Like that is that is empirical. And again, they they explain it much better there. Consider this a uh, a four dummies guide teaser for a much better podcast over there. At least uh, on on this topic, it was absolutely tremendous. I'm excited for the rest of the series. But go go listen to that if it if it interests you in the absolute slightest. You'll it'll be worth your time. It's just. So baffling to me that of all of these little kind of like, well, maybe this is the reason. Maybe this is the reason. Those aren't things that leaving Andy Reid's going to make you better at. And my con- my concern for Bianami, look, if if the offense is turning around, then maybe he gets a head coaching job next year and it works out like it did for Lafleur. But what if Washington goes six and eleven? Like, and maybe there's new ownership at that point. We don't think a new owner might just go ahead and clean house and say, hey, Ron Rivera has really lost a spark here. We're just going to go ahead and start something new and and rebuild. And then is Eric Bieniemy doing the Matt Nagy thing of coming back and now he's a running backs coach again? Like I, I don't that's know, the, man. It just it all stinks. That's the but that's the you know I'm I'm just gonna be blunt. I mean that's the that's the reality of the league. Mm-hmm. Um, where those guys are on year to year sort of uh you know deals in large respects and um you know success is is defined in a number of ways. Um, I'm just gonna go through a quick list. Did Andrew Wiley get better? Yeah. Between now and between then and now, um, can we say the same about Isaiah Pacheco? Yeah. Can we say the same about Jared McKinnon yeah. from year one to year two? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, what about Cree Humphrey? Yep. Did Trey Smith get more consistent? Yep. Uh, how about Noah Gray? Is Noah Gray a better player? Much better player. Both both pass game, run game. Yep. Um. Hey, that Jody Fortson uh, whole thing that worked. That experiment worked. Yeah, that 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 worked. Yeah, they transitioned him from a barber to a tight end. Uh huh. Um, you know, uh, was offense okay without Patrick Kill? Mahomes is a better quarterback. Although I was going to get there, but that's like sort of the mountaintop. Oh, no, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Seth, I'm getting impatient. No, sorry, I'm but, skipping no, ahead. To but a little, it, like, <laughs> sorry, but it makes but it makes my point much easier. Which is, it's not just one player. It's not just one position. It's not just like. The offense has been a top five offense for five years under Eric Bieniemy in association with Andy Reid. And Andy Reid will tell you all the time, like, I can't do everything. Like, that's why I have an offensive coordinator. <laughs> and so, you know, one of the things that Lindsey Jones put out of the ringer used to be of The Athletic 
because um, she was she was reporting this last year at the owners' meetings in Florida, which was like Andy Reid basically cursed out uh, I don't know half the owners in the league in more private, intimate. You know, discussions beyond should the other team get the ball to start the second or to start <laughs> overtime? <laughs> should the second team get a chance to have a chance to to win or lose? Um, but in the more like big picture stuff, Adrian got a chance to talk and basically say, "What does he have to do?" Now we have the answer, and Eric Bieniemy is going to try to do that. Whether you think that's fair or not, Andy Reid asked the question almost a year ago. And yet again, through another hiring cycle, the owners have given their answer, whether it's nonverbal or in a roundabout way. And uh, for an offense that does need to improve, maybe Ron Rivera is willing to say, huh, well, we have a larger sample size than most candidates would for this position of actual improvement. Therefore, um, I want to make the smart decision and, you know, let you coordinate my offense to get more touchdowns or more points in general. And then, you know, based on the Rooney rules, you'll be a candidate once again. And then, Hey, maybe you'll have something else to offer. That was there this entire time, but in a different context, because owners are, uh, I'll just say it, owners are crusty and they can't see <laughs> beyond their own face. Um, but hey, you know, maybe you need, you know, if you need more evidence, you need more evidence. Is it fair? Well, that's not necessarily for me to decide, even though I, I believe I know what the answer is. It's just owners are crusty. You know, not every owner's Clark Hunt, guys. <laughs> and Clark Hunt has made, you know, um, not the greatest hiring decisions before obviously getting Andy Reid. Um, but at least he showed a, an ability to find the right coach and then hire him. So I'm still looking at um, what's the I don't even want to say his name because, you know. Are the Bidwells doing anything respectfully well <laughs> over the last decade? Uh, <laughs> I we should talk about the team that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. We we ended up stuck here longer than I thought we would because I'm just I it is so frustrating and the counterpoints are even more frustrating. So um why don't you guys talk about the offensive line? Because that was not frustrating. That ruled. Um said this written about the, the mismatch. I mean, the, the, mismatch. <laughs> the, the, mismatch. the terrible, <laughs> the terrible mismatch that was going to lose the Chiefs the Super Bowl. Yeah, I just, uh, I just woke up from a two week long nap and I saw that you had a what? story called the mismatch, the Chiefs offensive line in the Super Bowl. So uh, why the Chiefs lose this game, Seth? Mm. Can we? Can we? Is there something that we can do or say that we can then put on T shirts and, and walk around, uh, with our chest out? Yes, the, yes. I a, a silly sport where the where, where the, the ball, ball is, is around. Is, yeah, I, I hundred <laughs> percent. Please, is, somebody make that T shirt. Yeah, was someone? There are like <laughs> clothing companies in Kansas City that I know there are people that listen to this show. One of please, one of you, you're gonna you'll be a legend to this podcast forever. Just help us make yep. this shirt. Make a it cool. silly sport where the ball is not round with just a teeny tiny times hours on it. We we don't really need the times ours to. be I don't that. even need the times ours there. I just yeah. want there to be a, a football. And okay. just a little like, uh, I don't know, sure. a lot of people listening are better designers than we are. Sure. So a silly sport <laughs> where the ball is not round with a big chief in the North newsletter. Uh, All right. So maybe the, maybe the times are, maybe it says times are on the football. How about that? that that's beautiful. I, I also forgot. I did forget that you won't wear anything that doesn't have your name on it. So yeah. 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 Well, yeah. Hey, just wait until I figure out how QR codes work. 
Oh, It'll be a God. walking adver- advertical. Uh, I think time. I think I think I've got about twenty years before that happens, Seth. <laughs> I can't believe you tweeted out that picture. By the way, you're such a jerk. From last week, people yes, loved it. I looked. Uh, I mean, just it was so bad. I am not that in astute, technologically speaking. I'm very close, though. Actually, so mm-hmm. it's probably having fun here. Talk about the, the offensive line. I'm sorry, the, the 50 minute the mark. Offensive, man, I mean. The offensive line. So. There's a lot of numbers that people have thrown around. Usually, I think, because they're consulting, you know, a stats website or, or PFF or whatever. And that's fine. Like, those guys put in the work, too. I tend to do my own homework when I write about it. And so what I did is I, I looked at every snap and I charted pressures allowed by the offensive line. Because there's a difference between, you know, the offensive line allowing a pressure due to a loss and, you know, Mahomes holding the ball for seven seconds because no one's open. Like, those are two different things. Um, or they they call a rollout shot play where by design, eventually a defensive end is going to have a free run at him, right? But the, the, the goal is to have some misdirection for the first three or four seconds. So that's why it's pressures allowed by the offensive line. And I also charted non-quarterback runs attempted and non-quarterback successful runs because scrambles are a little bit of a different beast. And what I came up with, Everyone knows the Chiefs gave up zero sacks because, you know, they put it on a shirt. They allowed the offensive line six pressures all day. That is an insanely good day against a bad defense. And you can talk about the turf monster all you want and all that kind of stuff. I I get all that. Mitch Schwartz did a good segment on this, and I agree with him after watching the film. The vast majority, the vast majority of times guys slipped, they were blocked up. They slipped because they were getting hit by an offensive lineman and they were trying to round a corner or they were trying to round a corner at a really bad angle and they slipped. And the reason they had to round the corner at a bad angle is because they were getting pushed wide by Orlando Brown's gigantically long arms, right? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing that I thought was even cooler when we get into run blocking, which, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about the pass blocking first. I I, I actually showed a couple of screenshots, like like Mahomes' touchdown to Kelsey on that first drive. Oh. He's just that that wasn't a oh yeah, we kept two tight ends in, we kept the running backs in. No. That was the Eagles with their bread and butter. They didn't rush five that time, but they rushed four, saying we can beat you. And that was Andrew Wiley, Joe Tooney, and Orlando Brown stonewalling their dudes. And uh, by the way, Andrew Wiley, best game I've ever seen him play. Mm. Ever. I mean, he he won against Riddick consistently now he was he one-on-one against him all the time of course not that would Andy Reid's not dumb Eric Bieniemy's not dumb of course they didn't do that but when he had one-on-one do we know for sure that Eric Bieniemy's not dumb stop it (laughs) (laughs) and so he won well I'm I'm not gonna know for sure until he coaches a bad quarterback so you know then then the lights will shine forth anyway look at look at Patrick Mahomes's turnover Percentage, it goes down. It, it goes down every year. Isn't that weird? Oh, anyway. kind of goes down. And so know, the Andrew Wiley won those one-on-one matchups against Hassan Reddick, who's a really good player. And they, they were able to do that. They were able to do that against when the Eagles rushed five. Yes, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy had a terrific game plan where they got the ball out quickly. The jet sweep stuff helped. Um, they, they, had, they, they did a great job with angles, kind of forcing um, – uh, 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 defensive linemen never really knew where the blocks were coming from against the pass or the run, but they overall did a terrific job. And then in the run game, 
this is uh this is this is something that I think is really cool. If you split the numbers into the first half and the second half, I'm just reading it now at this point. The Chiefs only attempted five rushes in the first half and were successful on one of them. It's just interesting. Everything we know about the Chiefs would say, oh, Reed's going to give up on the run game. In the second half, they ran the ball 15 times. And they were successful. And how I chart success is you got to gain four-plus yards when it matters, right? Like when it actually matters. And actually, there was like five-plus on basically all of these. Or it's for a first down or a touchdown. So it's actually moving the needle. It's not, you know, a draw for six yards on third and ten, right? Right, right. They were successful on nine of 15 runs. That's a 60% success rate, which is an absolutely, that would have led the NFL by by a mile. And the offensive line was doing work. Now, again, hats off to the coaching who ran every single run concept you can think of. I did not know Andy Reid had this in his bag. I genuinely did not because they ran everything, everything. But the, here's the thing. You need an offensive line that can run everything. And that's not easy to find. And they absolutely crushed it. I mean, they they dominated that game, snapped to you know start to finish. And you you can read out more about it on the Chief of North. But I mean, it was it was a clinic. And also, hey, shout out to Mike Burton. You got that one shot, one opportunity to lay into a defensive end, and my man, you did it. Anything else from that that you? I mean, we I think we talked about the O line a tiny bit on Monday, Nate. Um, uh, but the uh, the vibes in the locker room I remember from uh, from our conversations appeared to reflect that they were, um, let's just say, content with their performance. <laughs> Hence the t shirts and also yes. the, the trophies. Yeah, I mean, just um, just Andrew Wiley um, just proving really to himself. Because when you look at the the backdrop of all this or the the context for it, um, it's him having one of his worst games in the Super Bowl, and that obviously occur- occurred in Super Bowl Fifty Five against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that in that blow off loss, um, where you know he knew he was an issue as to why Patrick Mahomes was running for his life uh, for much of that game, and given another opportunity. Um, playing a position that he transitioned to, uh, to Seth's point, had the best game of of his life. Um, playing the same position, um, in Super Bowls, you know, basically, you know, three years apart. It's a, it's an incredible sort of turnaround for him. Um, I just thought, I just thought Creed Humphrey was excellent. I mean, that's nothing new. Uh. But even the added element of everybody, you know, and I, I think he recognizes why. <laughs> but even even Creed Humphrey being like, well, I know everybody says Jason Kelsey's the best center, but have y'all watched me? I am also good. I am also very good at this. Um, and look, we've talked before about this, and I know people understand it. They're like, you know, we, we tend to give the quarterback a lot of responsibility when it comes to sacks as well, if it's not within the context of Super Bowl 55. But... The quarterback offensive line uh, in the second half was perfect. Just just everybody knowing what the protection is. Patrick not drifting back, not like, staying in his, you know, uh, staying in the pocket, having his steps be pretty sound, him fundamentally um, understanding what the framework was. 
Um, and of course, because of the, and it's so interesting because of the ankle injury, obviously he couldn't necessarily escape like he normally would or push off his ankle, you know, with, with speed, but obviously understanding, Hey, they're playing, they're playing man coverage. My guys are blocking. This is my time to go. And for Creed Humphrey to say, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to move you over here. And the quarterback's going to run right, right up the, right up the <laughs> middle. I'm just, so I'm just going to move you over here. Um, I just thought it was a masterful job by everybody. So the quarterback supported the offensive line um, as much as the offensive line stayed between their guy and the quarterback. And, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you're taught, like, hey, die a slow death. Like, do whatever it takes to, to stay between you and the quarterback. They weren't even dying. <laughs> like, that's the crazy thing. Like they just, they were just winning, as uh, as as Seth, you know, correctly put it. Like no one, no one was dying a slow death on Sunday on the offensive line. They were just, let me move you from here to here. Or again, it's a like, the the play that will always jump out to me is, I know we're I I know the Chiefs are down. And it's the last play of the third quarter. They do not have to run that play, ladies and gentlemen. They can let the clock run out. No, nah, we're just gonna get eleven yards up the middle. Then we'll let them. We'll go to the fourth quarter. But uh, if you can't get home, and they're knocking you off the ball six yards for the running back to get eleven on like what it was, I think it was like a second and one. Uh, so they just went up. They just went up tempo, got to the ball, blew them off, blew the doors off of them. Um, yeah, it was it was an excellent day by the offensive line, and just such a hilarious thing for to all be true about where that game, uh, what 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 the the conversations in the two weeks that felt like two months leading up to it ends in Seth calling it a mismatch. You're just saying, yeah, it was just an excellent day. It was an excellent day by the offensive line against one of the most successful pass rushes in NFL history. Absolutely ludicrous. Um, I'm I'm gonna save my parade story for next time because we're gonna do another. We're gonna keep everybody here's your, your uh, scheduling update. We're gonna keep things rolling on uh, on Mondays at least for a little while. Free agencies in a month, which is crazy. Um, crazy. Plus I have so the, many uh, film reviews to write. Oh the my combine and all of that. So um, we're, we will shift to one a week, um, except for maybe you know around the draft. If there's real free agency news, we there's always a chance of a little emergency pod if we. You know, have some news break on a Wednesday. Don't want to wait till next Monday or whatever it may be. But um, go ahead and uh, and plan on on the shows hitting your feed uh, most Monday nights, probably or around the usual time that it does that. Um, I will go ahead and just leave notes for ourselves on Monday that I will tell my parade story. I want to talk about um, some people who were and weren't at the parade and what that might mean because there was some sort of weirdness there. Plus, I know we need to talk about Brett Veach, where this team came from, how this group came together, and a whole lot more that goes into all of it. But um, if I promise to put that on a sticky note and not forget about it until next week, guys, are, are we good here? Yeah, yeah, of course. And that I think, sounds terrific to me. You know, um, we'll, we'll we'll get to the defense as well, too. Just I thought yes. Willie Gay was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was terrified about the linebackers awesome. in that game, and all three of them had. Were awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> I was going to say all three other best performances of the year, and that's not true. Because at the parade, I saw a video of Leo Chanel jumping <laughs> into the double-decker bus. And that was his most imp- impressive performance of the year. But second was in the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah so they're, they're not like us. No, they, they no, really appear to not no. be. Leo Chanel maybe more than most. But uh, definitely just a, just a whole class of 
absolute aliens. I shouldn't yeah. say that and so flippantly right now when we're not 100% sure there aren't literal aliens here. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and we should probably talk about the pass rush that actually got sacks in the Super Bowl next. next hey! Next I love it. Well, let's let's do that then. Um, we'll uh, we'll we'll add all that to the docket. We'll make all that happen on Monday. In the meantime, uh, Nate, I guess it's time to get us out of here. So, all right, guys. Um, in my Steve Kornacki, I don't have khakis on, but I just want to. I just want everybody to know I am. We are. I, I just got another update. I just, just got another batch of confetti that we are shifting through. Um, I should have you an update on Monday, but I do believe that we have a bit more as me and Paul are shifting through it. So hopefully next time you hear us on Monday, I can give a real report that says that we are probably going to open up the URL again so that uh, more people can uh, apply to have confetti delivered to them. So um, we're going through it right now. Um, You guys are incredible. (laughs) I don't know how many people fast forward into the end, <laughs> but uh, I, 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 we can't thank you enough. Um, I know Seth wants confetti as well, so I have to keep that in mind. <laughs> Good Nate, Lord. Nate, do I need to? Oh, you meant because Seth wants like a bucket of confetti. I don't right? want a bucket. I want, he, 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 I, I want. He didn't request a bucket, but as we look at this certain county that we're looking in, we we there's a reason why they haven't reported, you know, uh, their their actual their, their actual ballots yet of confetti. <laughs> Oh, you know they're they're out there. You know where do you live again, Seth? You know they're just they're still coming in. Okay, they're still coming in, <laughs> still tabulating. It's gonna take some time. Tabulation <laughs> takes time. I yeah, I, I respect it. There are people listening to the show that are like, I will make a two thousand dollar donation to a we charity did- of your choice for one slice of confetti. And Seth's like, <laughs> Yeah, if you could just chuck a ziplock into the mail and just chuck it up here, um, I'm gonna give it away. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. I, I'm gonna give I, it away, regardless. Despite the fact that I have a full box of uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four confetti, yet. why don't you do another giveaway, Seth? How, how about that? How about you you pull your oh, own I confetti will. weight? I will. <laughs> I'm just like saying, I will. <laughs> I, I and, just... and anything anything Nate ever chooses to give me would be enough, even if all he gives me is just a little more of his time every week, because that's more than enough, too. I was just joking. Well, not joking. I was just saying, if you got some extra, he can't, even, if, he if can't you want, even lie. I was saying, if I've got, I know, dang. If you got a little anyway, extra, extra. I was just saying, if you've got some extra, I love giving things away. This isn't about me. This is about the good people who subscribe to the Chief of the North newsletter. That's right. <laughs> um, so ju- just, you know, um, now I try to do my best, guys. You know, it, things are happening. It's frantic. Obviously, the team won the Super Bowl. I got to do my like, job. Yeah. Uh, you don't have a garbage bag on I got to write. Uh, <laughs> I got to, like, get onto the field, which is always, like, a little bit of a of a of a mission impossible thing because it's like how secure is this location like you know how can you know uh it's like they let reporters on but then they kick everybody off and then at that point i gotta find a way to get back on it's very like can someone do the mission impossible music because that's what i had to do for like i don't know 10 minutes or so and then uh i tried to grab as much as i could so in the form that we gave out on the link um so again on monday I, i'm i'll probably put it out there again uh, if Super Bowl 54, based on Holly and I's accounting, we gave close to 150 people, uh, I think five pieces of confetti. 
That's so cool. That's crazy. We're gonna have to cut that number down. It's gonna have to be. We gotta. What, what's what's the what's the number count you guys are looking at this year? I think two is a uh, very fair number. <laughs> <laughs> a pieces uh, of confetti, not people to give it to. Other two would be me and Seth. Of yeah, hold up. Let yeah, him cook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this year, in less than an hour, my phone died. Oh my goodness! On Monday night, uh, I woke up to a dead phone on Tuesday because um, you guys are so great that. Uh, I don't know if it was word of mouth or obviously people are obviously aware of what we did in the past. Um, we 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 had to shut things down because we had cleared the four hundred and fifty mark. Woo! So, uh, doing some back doing some backlogging, as they say, in terms of the accounting. But I believe we have. Um, I did a really good job of getting more this time around than obviously the first voyage into this operation. Um, but hopefully, um, when you hear our voices again, I can give an update and there will be even more confetti to give out. But yeah, we're, we're trending towards like giving 600 people, uh, confetti of some kind. So, uh, it's really a thank you and, um, please keep my wife in your prayers because it's, 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 it's quite the, it's quite the exercise, but it's, I'm, I'm glad to. To do it yet again. So for people that have wanted to get back in or feel like they missed it, um, there's probably going to be one more opportunity um, when you hear our voices again on Monday.